0: Hi friends, welcome to God Stories. I am your host, Cassie, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. This is where I have on my friends, both new and old, to share their God Stories. From the big, aha, miraculous, life-changing moments to the ordinary, everyday moments that are oftentimes the very extraordinary, life-changing ones. My hope is that you're encouraged. My hope is that you're sometimes challenged. My hope is that you feel welcome and enjoy today's episode. Hey friends, welcome to God's Stories. Today I have on Carla. I don't know Carla very well, so I'm super excited. I met her through Gary Meacham. Welcome, Carla. Thank you, Cassie. I'm so honored to be here. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My name is Carla
1: Della Femina, and um, I have the honor of serving on the team at Hope City here in Houston. As you mentioned, uh, me and Gary are the best of friends. We also have a podcast together yeah. called Gutsy Faith, which is just all about faith and you know how do you find your faith? How do you grow your faith? How do you walk out your faith in your everyday life? And um, I love I love God. I love people. I love coffee. We're sitting here. We've got coffee on the table right now.
0: <laughs> yes, we do. So
1: yeah, that's a little bit about me, and I'm excited to just be on the show. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And I was telling Carla, I don't know much of her story. At all, just bits and pieces that I've heard on her podcast. I can't wait to hear for the first time, just like you guys will be hearing. But would you go ahead and tell us like where you're from and just kind of dive right into your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I am actually not originally from Houston.
1: My story begins before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> My mom is the most amazing, incredible woman that you will ever meet. Um, she was from Houston, born and raised here in the States, and really kind of became a, like a corporate boss lady. She'd kill me if if she heard me say that. But (laughs) she really, uh, she was very successful in real estate and um, didn't know the Lord at that time, but was just kind of climbing that corporate ladder. And one year she decided to take a vacation and she went to the island of Capri, which is right off the coast of Napoli, Naples on the Amalfi coast there and kind of the south, italy is shaped like a boot it's there kind of in the middle of the boot and um she actually ended up meeting through some mutual friends a handsome italian man the second night that she was there she was eating a pizza (laughs) in the town square they call it la piazza and the next day he took her on a tour of the island in his boat and like anybody would, they ended up falling in love. Total Nicholas Sparks romance novel, except real. <laughs> and yeah, so they they ended up truly falling in love. And they stayed in contact whenever she came back to the States, he came to visit her and she would go to Italy to visit him. And then after a while of dating long distance, they decided to get married and they did. in italy or here so they got married here but my mom ended up moving to italy with him okay so she went from being a corporate lady to stay-at-home mom cooking three meals a day cleaning like the total italian wife life (laughs) (laughs) and they they were married for quite a few years before they had me And uh, my dad was an architect, and he had gone to Cape Town, South Africa, for work when he was younger. And so they had a flat there, and just kind of flip-flop between Italy and Cape Town. My mom loved Cape Town because they spoke English. I mean, she learned Italian from my dad, so Cape Town was a little bit easier to to live. It's a little more, you know, westernized than... The small, there's 10,000 people that live on the island of Capri. So, um.
0: It sounds like the most romantic story. (laughs) My backup plan in life
1: is to write a tell-all romance novel and make millions off of their love story. Do it. (laughs) Yeah, so they were married for a few years and then had me. So I was born there in in Italy okay, and really like I mentioned we were just between Italy and Cape Town growing up so I really learned Italian and English around the same time and when I was about three years old uh, we were in Italy at that time and my dad started feeling really sick Um, we took him to multiple different doctors and none of them could figure out what was going on the medical treatment there, especially on the island, is is nowhere near as advanced as it is here in the States, or really in other parts of the world. And my mom took him to 14 different doctors there on the island, wow. and none of them could figure out what was going on. They knew something was going on, but they didn't know what. And we decided after the 14th doctor, like, okay, we we need answers. So we went to Cape Town and the first doctor that we went to there, uh, diagnosed it as pancreatic cancer. Wow. And I'm not sure if you know anything about cancer, but especially pancreatic cancer, you know, it's really difficult to detect. And usually by the time they can detect it, it's, it's pretty far in. So, uh, he, he did do a few rounds of chemo, but he knew he was not going to make it. Um, and he just really wanted to be with his family, you know, in that season. So after a few rounds of chemo there in Cape Town, we went back to Italy and he ended up passing away there. Um, that's where he wanted to be buried, and you know his his families there Italian families, huge families, lots of brothers and sisters, and uh, that's where his parents were buried. So um, that's where that's where he passed away. And I was three and a half at that time. And you know, with any kid, like they know something's wrong, but they don't always know what's going on. And for me, it wasn't really until I got older that I really realized the impact of that loss, you know, in my life. I mean, I would look around growing up and all my friends had dads and their dads would take them to daddy-daughter dances and I just always ask, like, God, like, why me? You know, why why did my dad have to die? Like, what did I do to deserve this? And I just so desperately wanted I wanted that, you know. I wanted to have a dad. I wanted to know what that felt like. I wanted to be able to watch football and basketball and just do all the things. And I was an only child too. So after that, you know, it really was just my mom and I, my entire childhood growing up. So she never remarried? She didn't, no. Um, I'd love for her to. Um, It just, she really dedicated her life to raising me in the ways of the Lord. Like I mentioned, she, she, wasn't a woman of faith before she got married, but in Cape Town, um, right before I was born, she had just this incredible encounter with Jesus and it just totally changed her life. And so that's how she raised me. I mean, being in the word and she's constantly you know leading me in that and teaching me about the word and that's really the environment you know that I that I grew up in and I'm so grateful for that because she really did instill just a love for for God and for people and for prayer at such a young age you know I didn't really realize those seeds that were being planted but now that I'm older I can look back and I'm just I'm so grateful you know for that but the loss of my dad it really it had an impact on me and I didn't realize it at the time but what I was struggling with growing up was really anger at God. You know, when when your expectation or what you thought God was going to do doesn't match your experience, there's a gap, right? And for so many years I filled that gap with god why? Like how could you how could you let this happen and I didn't realize it, but it really was, I was filling that gap with anger and frustration at God. And it wasn't until, I remember I was at a summer camp in eighth grade, right before I went into high school. And this pastor had an altar call moment at the end of service. I loved, I love camp. I'm such a (laughs) camp kid, (laughs) I love camp. And it was the last night and there was a guest, guest pastor. I don't even remember his name. I just remember at the end of service, he said, if if you're in this room, and you grew up without a dad, whether it's because your dad was in jail, whether it was because he just wasn't there in your life, or maybe he passed, like whatever your situation is, if you grew up without a dad, I want you to come to the front and I wanna pray for you. Wow. And I remember, I'm an, I'm an eighth grader, okay? Like the dark ages, middle school, yikes. And I'm just sitting in the chair and I remember like, literally planting my feet in the ground like i am not going up there
0: i'm not going up there because you were mad or nervous or what all of the above i was like i'm not you know i i don't want somebody to pray over me like i'm good i don't
1: need that and i i can't even describe it it's literally like a hand like pushed me gently out of my seat wow And before I knew it, like I was trying to stop my legs and I couldn't stop my legs. And before I knew it, I was up at the front, just bawling. And this pastor prayed over me. I don't even remember what he said or how he said it, but I I just remember the feeling that I had in that moment. That just, that whole, that, that thing that was missing in my heart for so many years. It was like in an instant, just the hope and the joy and the love of a heavenly father filled my heart. And I realized, you know, people are human. Like, they're going to leave. Whether they walk out on us, whether, you know, death takes them away, people are going to leave. But God is so faithful, and His word says He will never leave us and never forsake us. And I just, I knew in that moment that it was going to be okay because even though I didn't have my earthly dad, My heavenly dad was there, and he was never going to leave.
0: Wow. (laughs) I'm sitting here crying. (laughs) I did this in the last episode that I interviewed someone, and I normally don't, but it's so powerful. So how did that change life for you after that? That was in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. What did life look like then? Did the anger go away?
1: yeah it you know obviously i mean i think it's a process you know whenever you listen lose somebody grief it comes in waves and it comes out of the blue but i really did feel like from that moment um not only did i feel like the lord healed my heart I, I just really began to go all in with my faith. Like it wasn't just my mom's faith anymore. It was my faith. And I just went all in and started just reading the Bible for myself and praying and really just making it my mission. Like God, whatever you want to do in my life, do it like use me. And it just began this exciting adventure. And I really believe that because of, of the healing that I experienced in that moment. And it's like supernaturally, like just that really touch of God. Like I, no amount of striving on my on my end would would be able to heal my heart the way that I really believe He healed it in that moment. But at the same time, there's also a practical, you know, there's spiritual, but there's also practical ways to to heal and to get better and to deal with your issues. We've all got trauma. We all have issues, and so I really began practically. Like dealing with those things. And yeah. I feel like because of that, God was able to bless me in ways and bring people into my life to kind of fill that father role because it wasn't out of like a desperation. I was whole, I was healed, and that was a blessing, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's so good. As you were talking earlier, I was thinking just about how I know and this might sound weird but I lost my dad as I told you last year and I was thinking the other day with me dad would be so proud of this he'd be so proud to see us now and then I just felt like no he is so proud of us Mm -hmm. and I was just thinking the same thing for you like looking at you now and just the woman that you are your dad is so proud of you and I think that that's so cool that just with Jesus there we do have that hope of heaven and knowing we will see them again and it's not like it's not final. Death was not final, yes. you know, for your dad. So praise the Lord and praise the Lord for church camp. <laughs> <laughs> I love church camp. I
1: just, and really it's funny speaking about church camp. Um, it That's funny. I, it was actually at church camp years later when I was, uh, 16 that I ended up meeting a pastor. Um, it, it's a total God story, but I won't, I'll give you the SparkNotes version of it. God story. I get yeah. it. <laughs> but there was this little church camp down the road from my mom's house. And I always, I mean, I grew up like serving in kids ministry. So I always volunteered, you know, once uh, that one week out of the summer where kids would go to camp. Yeah. And I mean, I went all in. I mean, I had the bandanas, the paint <laughs> pens, like everything, you know, the cheers. Yeah. And I remember my mom just drove by. We didn't go to this church. It was just a little church down the road that had a sign that they were hiring camp counselors for their summer camps and i was like oh my gosh get paid to be a camp counselor heck yeah looking back i'm like i think i got 10 cents an hour i mean (laughs)
0: you know it was
1: nothing yeah but i ended up applying and you know i i got in i don't know that the requirements were all that crazy to, to be able to work there but uh, we, you know, So that church, they had their own summer camps that they would host, and then they would have other churches or organizations that would come through and utilize their facility. Okay. So as like the camp counselors there, we would help facilitate that experience. Yeah. And there was a young adults camp that came through. It was a two-week youth camp. And I actually <laughs> – um, so the, the kitchen supervisor at the time of that camp ended up – quitting at the last minute, and the directors of the camp came to me and were like, hey, we know this isn't what you signed up for, but is there any way you could step in as the kitchen supervisor for these next two weeks while we get somebody else in? I'm like, give me a hairnet. Let's go. (laughs) That's awesome. So for those two weeks, I was the glamorous kitchen supervisor. I won't tell you what the eggs that you eat at summer camp Ooh. come from but um anyways <laughs> so all that to say the the cafeteria which is what I was leading was right next to the auditorium and this camp that came through you know they had morning services evening services and I just remember you know after the campers came and had breakfast or had dinner I'd be in the cafeteria cleaning and I just I heard the worship that was going on in the room next door And I can't even explain it, but something inside of me was like, I've got to get in there. Like I can just feel like the tangible presence of God is moving and lives are being changed and I want to be in on it. (laughs) And I remember I was nervous because it was my first year working at the camp. I didn't really know if we were allowed to go in there because it wasn't, you know, our camp. But the last night of that first week, I decided, you know what, forget it. I'm going in. So, I cleaned the kitchen as fast as I possibly could and I snuck in the very back. I caught the tail end of worship for that service. And then there was this pastor that was preaching that I can't even describe it. It was like he was cowboy and then ghetto and just like all of the things all in one and I'd never experienced like the word taught like that and it was just, it was amazing. And after that service, um, I actually, that was the night they had an altar call again, camp, love it. <laughs> and I went up for prayer, I really didn't know anybody but I just took a leap of faith and went up for prayer and that was actually the night That in in that prayer service, I just felt like God really kind of said in my heart, it wasn't an audible voice, but just in my heart, just really impressed upon me that, hey, your life is mine, and I want you to give your life to loving me and loving people and building my church for the rest of your life. And... Shortly after that, that same evening, the pastor that just spoke, who's Jeremy Foster, I wondered when you said cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it was Jeremy Foster, and we'd actually met a few days before um, at the camp because I was checking him and his daughters in, who were really young at the time. They were a little nervous to to go to camp, and you know, I just told them like, "We got this,
0: Dad. <laughs> don't worry about it."
1: And, anyways, all that to say, we just he came up and just gave me the biggest hug and was like, it it, it was just one of those moments where I knew that him and his family were, there was something there, like it was, we were like kindred spirits. I had no idea what God would do. And flash forward all these years later now, I've basically been, Adopted in to their family and he he is he's dad to me. Like, I call him dad We my mom and I we spend every holiday there with their family He's got five biological kids and then I'm the plus one. I mean, so he's got six kids and It's just been so amazing to see the restoration that that God can give and I've been thinking a lot about the scripture it's in Joel 2 25 it says the Lord will restore the years the swarming locusts have eaten and if you look at the context of that scripture the Israelites they were primarily agricultural society and what was happening at that time was there was a huge infestation of locusts that completely destroyed their crops not only the crops and the harvest of that year but when the locusts came they actually destroyed the seeds for the harvest of years to come. Wow. And it's so interesting when you, when you look at that scripture, it says, it's God speaking through the prophet Joel saying, I will restore the years the swarming locusts have eaten. And I've just been thinking about that scripture. It doesn't say that God said, I'm going to restore the harvest. He said, I'm going to restore the years that you lost because of that loss and that's really been my story is like god has restored those years even though they're like you know my mom never remarried i i I didn't get a dad the normal traditional way but god still restored that and sometimes i think we have to be careful of missing those moments because maybe the, the way that God restores things, it looks different than what we thought it was going to look like. But when we realize, man, God is so faithful. Life is, is hard. Life is hard. There's pain, but God is good. And even in the midst of pain, God can still bring purpose out of that. And that's, that's been my story with my dad. You know, I, I would never wish anybody to lose, to lose their dad. But I have watched God turn that situation around for the good. There's so many young women that I've been able to talk to and encourage that have lost their dads that, you know, grew up without a dad because I know I've been there. I get it. But I also get that God is good and he's faithful and he can turn all things around for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So
0: it's been just such an incredible journey. And looking back, you know, it's, it's been amazing. I was thinking too, if you wouldn't have gotten out of the kitchen and gotten in the worship center, who knows if you would have been the foster's adopted, you know, plus one child. You might not have connected with them if you would have not gotten out of the kitchen and gotten in, right? And listened to the spirit there. Yes, no, that's so true. That's so true. How old were you at camp? Was that high school or after yeah, high, it was school. high school? Mm-hmm. And so then how many years later until you became part of their family?
1: Um, we, uh, let's see. I was sixteen. Um, from that moment on, we we stayed in contact. We did. Okay. Yes, yes. So, like, I would come over and babysit the kids, and they hadn't launched Hope City yet at that time, which is now the church that you know we we all are a part of, and it's it's amazing. But um, it was just a few years after that, and it was really just kind of this development of um, you know just coming alongside and being with their family, and we were actually in Disney World. Um, I, I came along to help watch The Littles. Uh, like I mentioned, he has five five kids, and at that time, um, Jackson, Jack. so there's Gunner, Jackson,
0: Jillian, Jesse, Jaden. Oh, they're all like G, J names? Yes, yeah. G, J <laughs> names, yes.
1: And Gunner wasn't born yet, but Jack and Joe were, and they were really young. And I just came along for, like, to help watch them. We were, we went to Disney World, and I just was helping, you know, with that many kids. You just need some extra (laughs) eyes. And I remember we were going throughout the, um, you know, the amusement park rides and all this, and... I, the, um, if you ever been to Disney World, Disney World it's like is my favorite it, place. It's amazing, <laughs> but it's so big and there's so many people. And I remember I'd be like, Pastor Jeremy, like, what do you want for lunch? Or we're going over here, you know. And, and at a certain point, I remember one night we were just eating Oreos, playing Uno after a fun day at Epcot, I think. And you know, he was like, "Hey, bud," he said. I'm so, like, thank you for, you know, wanting to honor me and call me Pastor Jeremy. He said, but here, like, it's family time. You know, you don't have to call me that. He said, you can, you can call me Mr. Jeremy. You can call me Uncle Jay. He said, you can call me dad. And like, I was just like, can I call you that? Because I've never really been able to say that. And from that moment on, he was dad. And it's been the most amazing journey, and I've learned so much about what it means to be a daughter and you know, to really understand the love of a father. I think so often in church we talk about that, right? We talk about God as our father, but most people have not had the best experience with their father. They don't really understand what that means and the power of what that means. Yeah. And I think now experiencing that and obviously he's not perfect and he'll be the first to admit to that but i've learned what it really means to be loved by a father Mm -hmm. that it's his love is not based on how well i perform or what i do or what i don't do it's based on on his love for me period it's unconditional And I'm so grateful because I've just, I've learned honestly so much about God's character and his love for us and his grace for us. Mm you know, through this whole experience. So it's been,
0: it's been a wild ride, but it's been amazing. That's so good. I love your story. Is your mom living in Houston? Yes, she, she is. is. Okay. Yeah, She's actually a part of Hope City as well. Oh, is she's she? on, yes, yeah, she's our
1: pastoral care coordinator. So she basically what she did for me my whole life, pray for me, counsel <laughs> me, love me is what she does for other people now.
0: So were you a part of amazing. the uh, Hope City church? Like when it the plant, like when it first started? I was. Yes. Yeah. And it's yes. six years now or? Uh, yeah. Uh, going on seven. Yeah. We okay. launched
1: January 25th, 2015.
0: Cause I remember when it launched and it just launched, you know, very small obviously. <laughs> and then now it's grown. Isn't it one of the largest churches in Houston? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh,
1: what God has done. No man can take credit for mm-hmm. truly. It's just been a, an incredible move of God and you know, we're just, yeah, I mean, we've seen. Over forty-four thousand people say yes to Jesus wow. in the past wow. six, almost seven years. And we really are believing that the best is still yet to come. I can't wait to see. It's been a wild ride. I've learned so much about ministry and it's it's not easy. No. <laughs> you know. No, it's not. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. Yeah. It is so worth it. Yeah.
0: And then would you share a little bit about your podcast you mentioned it earlier um, that you have a podcast gutsy faith with yeah. gary but would you share a little bit about why you guys started that and how that's going absolutely absolutely yes that's been another uh crazy
1: adventure
0: another god story <laughs> yes, exactly
1: <laughs> yeah so we um we ended up launching the podcast actually right in the middle of the covid pandemic in 2020 um gary called me in the spring of 2020 after a bible study that we were both a part of and she just started sharing with me about this really dream that god had given her years ago to start a podcast uh, called gutsy faith and really her heart is just to go where people are at you mm-hmm. know and gary i mean she's written like a million books she's <laughs> a writer through and through she loves writing yeah and i think god really started to deal with her in the early part of 2020 to like go where the people are which it's audio it's video nowadays you know we're in such a digital world and the pandemic propelled that even more yeah so um yeah after after the bible study she called me and just started sharing this dream that god had put on her heart and you know she said that she was really struggling with figuring out how it was supposed to look like should she you know, hosted by herself? Should she co-host with somebody? And she said that she just started praying. And as she was praying, my face literally just kind of came up in her mind. And that's really what prompted her to reach out to me. And what she didn't know was that a few months earlier, I actually had been thinking a lot about podcasts. Um, It was super weird, like just All of a sudden, you know, like whenever you're you're shopping for a car, let's just say you're you're wanting to buy a Jeep, and then all of a sudden,
0: everywhere you look, there's Jeeps everywhere (laughs) that you never saw before. Exactly, exactly.
1: That's kind of how it was. I just started thinking a lot about podcasts, and all of a sudden, it was like in conversations, the word podcast podcast would come up. I remember I was driving one day on the Beltway, and this billboard promoting a new podcast came up and it just it kept coming up in my prayer time and conversations and so I knew there was something there but I didn't really know what all it meant and so I kind of tucked it away in like a little shoebox, you know, metaphorically and put it on the shelf and didn't really think much of it until a few months later when Gary called me and as she's, you know, sharing this dream that God gave her, I'm just I'm on the other end like sobbing (laughs) and, you know, she just said, Would you I don't know if you'd be interested, but would you like to co-host with me? And you know, I'm like, yes, I'd be honored too, you know? And So it was it's so amazing just how God lined everything up. And then, you know, before we know it, we launched it. And really the heartbeat behind Gutsy Faith is just to have relatable and real conversations about life about leadership about the bible you know we really are um bible based we'll go through different scriptures and really help people understand like what does the bible actually say about this and how do we interpret this and not only how to interpret it but how do we actually apply it to our lives today something that we talk a lot about on the show is being like personal faith coaches like hey think about us like your personal faith coaches. Yeah. And in our world today, I mean, there's coaches for everything. Like there's business coaches, there's fitness coaches life coaches, (laughs) literally. And we just got to talking and we're thinking, you know, we we have a coach for every other area of our life. Why wouldn't we have a coach for our faith? The most important area of our life. Yeah. And so that's really the heartbeat behind, you know, gutsy faith and um, we just really challenge our listeners to to go deeper in the word so that they can live braver in their everyday lives.
0: Yeah, that's so good. You really are discipling people. You know, Jesus says to make disciples and so not just to get them saved or whatever, but to disciple them, to teach them the Bible. And that's really what you're doing, what you guys are doing. So where can people find Gutsy Faith on social media? Yeah, absolutely. Is it just Gutsy Faith?
1: Yeah, so uh, at Gutsy Faith Podcast okay. on Facebook, Instagram, at Gutsy Faith Pod on Twitter because shorter handles, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then on our website, just gutsyfaith.com, you can listen, subscribe. Um, yeah, we're available on all platforms and, um, it's just been, it's been a fun faith journey. Yeah. And we're, we're just honored for, you know, people to come join us on, on this journey of faith. We're we're all in it together.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing your story today, Carla. I love hearing it and yeah thank you for being on thank you for
1: having me it's been such a just such a joy to get to know you more (laughs) and i know we were talking just before we went live about you and your life and mom life and just everything that you're, you're doing and really the vision that god gave you to start this podcast and Um, i've been inspired by it i know so many other people literally all over the world have been inspired by it so thank you for just saying yes and walking in in gutsy faith and
0: obedience
1: you know sharing sharing our god stories it's it's amazing
0: yes carla and i first met in a bathroom so it's nice to see her somewhere else yes we did (laughs) so to kind of transition the last fun question i ask all of my guests is if you could sit down with somebody and hear their god stories who would it be and why?
1: Ooh, that is a great question. I'm not gonna lie, there's, there's several people that, that come to mind. Um, I think if I had to just pick one though, <laughs> Uh, I think I would love to be able to sit down with Dr. Miles Monroe.
0: Okay.
1: He, for maybe some of our listeners who might not know who he is, he um, is originally from the Bahamas. Um, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. He passed away in, in 2014 um, in an airplane accident. But wow. he is just, was an amazing author, speaker, preacher, leader, communicator, and I've read his books are just there's so much wisdom and so much insight in them, and I've read so many of them. But one of my favorites, um, he he talks a lot about um, understanding potential and maximizing potential. And I read this story in one of his books, and it it has literally changed how I view my life and my mission in life. And in in the story, he he proposes a question. He says, "What is the richest place on the earth?" And, you know, and I started thinking about that for a minute, like, oh, it's probably somewhere in Dubai, you know, or there's oil mines or gold mines and, you know, uh, oil wells. What, you know, where, where is that? And he followed up the question and he said that the richest place in the world, it, it's not the oil field, it's not the gold mines, it's not the diamond mines. The richest place in the world is actually just a few miles down the road from your house at the local graveyard. He said, it's because in that graveyard, there are songs that were never sung, books that were were never written, cures that were never developed, ideas that never came to life. And he said, I want to help people die empty. I want them to save nothing for the next life. Everything that God has put inside of them, I want them to pour out on the short time that they have here on this earth. And when I read that, it just, it so resonated with me because I, I know even in my life, it's like there's things that seeds of potential that God's put inside of me that I'm just too afraid to, to actually develop and to pour them out. And there's so many people I think that are missing things in life. They're missing the joy and the freedom and the confidence that they could be walking in because they're, they're too afraid to, to actually, to discover and mind that potential and ultimately die empty. And so that, I was so impacted by reading that. And it, for me, I really, I don't wanna die and get to heaven and God show me all the things that I could have done or that I should have done because I was just so self-consumed with my issues or my problems or, you know, I just, yeah. I wanna die empty. And so I think if I could sit down with anybody it would be him and just really get to know his heart and how he came to discover that and you know just so many of the things that that god did in and through him i'd love to just be able to to hear that and really just hear his God stories.
0: I love that, and what it was making me think of as you were talking is something I quit saying was the best is yet to come. And the reason I quit saying it, and I know people have different reasons for saying it, but why I quit saying it is because I'm like, I'm not promised tomorrow. The best is right now, and it's what I make of it. So the best is right now. That's so good. Yeah, because I'm not promised tomorrow. It doesn't mean the best is yet to come. So it made me think of that, but I love that. That's so good. I've heard of Miles Minkrup. Miles Monroe, yeah, 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 but I haven't read his books or anything. That's powerful, girl. I'll get I'll get some for you. They're <laughs> amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, Carla, for being on. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much. And
1: just I want to encourage all of your listeners, man. You guys, y'all have something so special here. Just this community of faith. It's it's so amazing. I know I've been so impacted by hearing other people's God stories and even hearing your God story. Oh. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody that's listening you know just keep keep going and you really y'all have an amazing host Cassie you're incredible thank (laughs) Thank you you. for everything
0: thank you and you guys check out gutsy faith podcast too bye guys Friends, thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love if you could share it with a friend. If you could give a rating and review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be amazing. That way, when other friends come across it, they know to listen too. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at God Stories with Cassie. Love you guys so much. Have a great day.